This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. We're back. Another lovely episode of the Your Town Podcast. And I'm Matt, and that's Meg. Hey. What's up? What's up? This uh, this episode, I, I came up with a topic a while ago, and I'm pretty sure it's going to take your breath away. And it was something that Zach was excited once he started to dig into this, and then I think he regretted it, because I think this was an episode that gave him a little bit of maybe some anxiety and <laughs> made him think about some things a little bit differently, apparently. So if... <coughs> wow. Bless you. Woo. That came out of nowhere. Uh, thank you. Uh, this is, if you've read the title, it's the Nutty Putty Cave Death. And it happened in Utah. And uh, should we just jump into this? Sure. I think we should, but it would be pretty rude if we didn't give the Deluxe Edition Network a little shout out first. So shout out to the Deluxe Edition Network and the January podcast of the month, Bev's Video Kingdom, Barrel Age Flicks, and the Kindness Matters podcast. Make sure you check them all out. Deluxe Edition Network. Dot com. We did it. You did it. We did it. <laughs> and uh, here. <laughs> so, so again, Zach wrote this. So there's going to be some words that I can't say. Probably some, you know, a little bit of tidbits and Easter eggs and all sorts of stuff in here. And still haven't got my 50 bucks yet, but uh, we'll work on that from last week. And if you know what I'm talking about, go rewatch last week's episode. But he wrote this. So we'll... I kind of have skimmed. Oh, you like... skimmed. I've done nothing. I, I didn't really read. I just skimmed. I was looking for words that maybe would trip you. Is there a couple? I don't. I have. You know, I don't really see many. So I think you're okay All so right. far. I've been, I've been educating myself with big words. <laughs> That's a lie. I haven't. But either way, super excited. So shout out to Zach again for taking some time during his pretty busy weeks and doing this. And let's just let's just go ahead. He says, uh, "Have you ever laid in bed at night, hyper fixating on what it might be like to kind of be buried alive?" No. What? <laughs> I mean, am I not alone? Maybe he's alone. I don't know. Yeah, I don't like to think about that stuff. No, I don't know why I would. But And then he says, what do you think your mind and body would do to try and fight uh, for survival as the literal weight of the earth above you crushes your body into the earth below you? Well, this is interesting. <laughs> you go to open your eyes, but they're filled with dirt. Now you can't close them. You open your mouth and try to get a gulp of air, but it just fills with dirt. And your mouth and your throat and everything is just filled with dirt. Now you can't close your mouth. Go to move a leg, an arm, your head, a finger, and you can't. All around you, the earth has closed in. There's nowhere to go. You're going to die. Dun, dun, dun. There it is. I mean, well, I guess that was really more producer Zach's therapist than the Your Town audience. But at any rate, Matt and Meg are here, as you've already heard. And producer Zach is apparently calling his therapist. And this is the Your Town Podcast. And he says, don't dare you put the intro here. Don't dare you. <laughs> don't dare you. <laughs> he says, uh, this isn't just an exercise in dark fantasy for John Edwards Jones. This was his final reality. So Jones, a 26-year-old medical student, was an avid participant in the extreme uh, hobby known as spelunking. 
spelunking or caving, uh, as, as I'm sure Matt will call it from here on out, because it's easier to say, simply put. I mean, spelunking. I mean, I feel like that's not that hard. You nailed it. Nailed it. I think it's a funny word. It's kind of fun to say. Spelunking. <laughs> All right. So for anybody that doesn't let's know. Let's keep it. Let's keep it. Well, well, we'll see. It might still be caving. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a recreational exploration of wild cave systems. I've seen this. This is wild. Have you ever mm. seen any of these? I have. Oof. Not for me. Mm-mm. Not that I'm a small enough person to fit into places. I find like that. it super intriguing to watch from a TV screen. But I, yeah, I don't think I could do it. There's not a chance in hell I'm doing Maybe it. Maybe if it was a wide open space. Oh, I've heard that Dixie chick song before. It's just the chicks. Oh, they're just. They're just not, the chicks now. They're not Dixie anymore? No. Hmm. Well, just interesting. Just the chicks. Well, either way, wide open spaces. But apparently <laughs> these aren't normal capes. One uh, that like you normally picture that, um, you know, bears are hibernating and cavemen dwelling in it or Tom Hanks talking to a volleyball in. These caves and the specific one are more like mole or wormholes in the crust of the earth. Entrances to these cave systems are measured in inches. Outside the immediate entrance to the cave system, there's no light. Water will flood out sections of the cave all around you without warning. You spend most of your exploration crawling around on your hands and knees and bellies, painstakingly squeezing yourself through various cracks and crevices. It's a hobby not for the faint of heart or... The light of experience. Like, you need experience to do this. And I don't know. Like, I couldn't imagine just waking up and being like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fit through inches of rocks, potentially get flooded out, and potentially probably die. <laughs> but I'm not a thrill seeker like that. Mm. And this is no knock to anybody else that does the spelunking. I just, I can't. I would wear a t-shirt that says I'm a splunker. <laughs> Supporter. I support spelunking. (laughs) Sounds dirty. And I guess it is because you're in a dark, dirty cave. But at one point in his life, caving was Jones's passion. He spent much of his youth exploring caves all across Utah, where Jones grew up. But as Jones grew older and set his sights on practicing medicine, Jones fell away from the hobby and eventually moved across the country to attend medical school in Virginia. Hmm. It was on a trip back to Utah with his pregnant wife and an infant daughter that Jones decided to team up with his brother, Josh, to hit up the Nutty Putty Cave, and revisit his former passion. I feel like, the, we well, we know the spoiler because of the title, but I think that's probably a good thing and maybe some foreshadowing that Zach did with the, you know, keep up with the practice. Hmm. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. getting, yeah, I see what I'm doing there. I'm connecting mm-hmm. dots. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a cool name for a cave, though. It really is, Nutty Putty Cave. I don't like the death part of the title, but Nutty Putty Cave. It's kind of memorable, you know. Very memorable. And uh, Copper Johns, if you guys haven't checked out, Copper Johns is from the state of Utah. Maybe when we go out there, we'll check out Nutty Putty Cave from the outside. Unless there's a giant cavern you can walk into. Yeah, you, pro- you probably wouldn't still. Nope. Not a fan of the bats. Nope. <laughs> All right. This isn't about me. This is about Jones. Let's, let's shift <laughs> the focus. To enter the cave system, which is west of Utah Lake and the city of Provo, the diehard spelunkers have to see spelunkers, not cavers, have to enter an opening in the ground around 30 inches in diameter. Who is that small? <laughs> not me. They are apparently uh, Josh and Josh and was it Joe? Was it Joe or John? Sorry, it was Josh. John, John Edwards Jones and the brother Josh. Oh, so John and Josh, double J, okay. go into the cave in a 30 inch diameter entry. They then have to crawl about 20 feet down a uh, pretty narrow passageway before gaining access to the first major cavern. 
From there, adventurers can either head north and explore the area of a cave known as the maze, followed by the big room and the crack. Hmm. Pretty, uh, pretty uh, simple names. Okay. I mean, being a medical, well, he didn't name them, never mind. So, or is in kind of the Jones's case, you can go east, first encountering the area known as the Big Slide, followed by the Birth Canal, the Aorta Crawl, and ending in the Vane Alley. Those sound very dirty, don't they? <laughs> they they sound they sound pretty dirty. And uh, I've medical students, I feel like he's like, you know what? I feel like I should be heading to the birth canal. <laughs> At various parts of all of these named <laughs> locations, there are map turnarounds for cavers to take advantage of once they've kind of had enough spelunking. Huh. At some point, though, Jones and his crew split into two groups. Jones partnered with his brother Josh and made a push through the big slide toward the birth canal. The Jones brothers squeezed forward ahead of the rest of their nine-person group. By looking at the map of the Nutty Putty Cave and knowing where Jones ended up, it is assumed the fatal error was one uh, w- was made at a fork in the path. Uh oh! Every time you come to a fork in the road, you make choices. Wasn't that always taught to us in the, in school? Well, we always had those books. Remember those books, mm. the adventure books, where you choose your ending. Yeah. Did you do those? No. I wasn't much of a book guy. Oh, they were so fun. That's probably why. So I can't you choose think. your ending, and sometimes it ends with. You not making it, <laughs> hmm. but you can go back and retry it. But the the book takes you through all these different paths. They're really cool. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh? Do they make them for adults? I think they do. Well, let's do one. We'll do a whole episode on one. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So the Joneses would have approached the fork and been faced kind of with a decision of either going southwest or southeast. East. <laughs> I know. I said it like that. Southeast. That's an easy word. I know, but the the next word was Southwest, and then it just came. Anyways, (laughs) Southwest would have taken him to the birth canal, but instead he went Southeast and ended up in a dead-end branch of the cave system known as Ed's Push. Ugh, that sounds still dirty. (laughs) Unfortunately, though, for Jones, he was unaware of this mistake until it was too late. For reasons known only to Jones, he continued to squeeze himself further and further into his doomed passageway, until the vein opened up. He pushed himself forward and he fell into a pocket in the stone, head first, with his arms folded under his chest, feet sticking up in the air. He stuck, inverted, in a space roughly 10 inches by 18 inches, unable to move in an area roughly the size of a front load washing machine. Yeah. Jones was at the mercy of his brother. Um, apparently said brother tried to help alleviate his brother's situation, but had to resort to shimmying backward out of Ed's push and back to the big slide where he reunited with the rest of their adventuring party and went to get help as quickly as they could. One friend staying behind to keep Jones company. The party entered Nutty Putty Cave around 8 PM and it was midnight by the time someone reached Jones in an attempt to rescue him. The would-be hero was a woman known as Susie, and later she kind of relayed her initial conversation with Jones, saying he simply told her, I really, really want to get out. Over the next several hours, a team of rescuers tried four different strategies to extract Jones from his uh, situation, but despite several glimmers of hope, none prevailed. At one point, the team was able to hand Jones a two-way radio so he could actually talk to his wife, who was now topside near the cave's entrance. 
They were able to share final goodbyes and wishes before Jones was no longer able to communicate. At that point, Jones had been um, stuck upside down for 19 hours. A final last-ditch effort was made to retrieve Jones, knowing his condition was rapidly declining. At this point, the uh, there was over 100 rescuers, and they actually constructed an elaborate system of carabiners, ropes, and pulleys they hoped would be able to kind of draw Jones out of the crevice backward, essentially rewinding his path, which got him there in the first place. For a moment, all seemed to be going well, until disaster struck Jones a second time when a carabiner broke free and smashed into the face of a rescue team member, causing uh, severe facial damage. The rescuer then also needed to be rescued. Even though that was a uh, success, by the time uh, attention was back on Jones, it was discovered he had now sunken even further down the crevice. Man, his, uh, his father was actually on the rescue team and managed to get far enough into the cave to lay hands and ears on his son. His breathing was becoming um, just terrible and inconsistent and he didn't have much time left there was a final daring attempt was made they uh, actually took a loop of rope around jones's waist but it was to no avail jones father had to retreat before being too exhausted to remove himself from the cave and subsequent rescuers failed to affix a new rope after a 27 hour rescue effort medical professional reached jones and found him to be dead his body was impossible to retrieve, so the team of 137 people called it off and had to go home. In the days and weeks following, Jones' remaining family and the owners of the property on which the entrance to the cave sits came to an agreement to seal off Nutty Putty Cave for good. Dynamite was detonated to the opening of the tunnel containing Jones' remains to permanently seal Jones in his natural tomb, and the entrance to the cave itself was sealed with a gate and concrete. Huh. Yikes. Despite what happened, cavers from near and far voiced outrage that the site was closed permanently and at least one or two break-in attempts were recorded, but none succeeded in getting into the cave system properly. To this day, the cave remains sealed, the remains of John Edwards Jones still inside. Wild. For more information on John Edwards Jones' kind of final cave dive, there are several good kind of mini documentaries on YouTube. And Zach says, if you really want to bite into the story, watch the 2016 film, The Last Descent. I was wondering if there was a movie about this, because I remember there being a movie about a cave explorer, Mm -hmm. rock climber, but I don't think I ever really watched it. Yeah, no, there's no way I'm watching that. Nope. Sorry. Nope. Huh. So when was, did it say in here when the actual was 2009? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I couldn't remember. So it was 2009 that he, uh, he went down there. Man, that's not a great way to go. Hmm. Hmm. But I have to imagine, and like I said, just about all these kind of extreme sports and, uh, you know, people that are doing caves or skydiving or rock climbing have probably somewhere in the very, very, very back of their mind that something like this could happen. Man, is it unfortunate. That's a that's a terrible, terrible way. But uh, we do have a quote. It says, that's the thing about rocks. They don't usually they don't break easily. When I held them, I wanted to be like them, strong and steady, weathered but not broken. That was by author Ellen Dreyer. Shout out to our sources, edition.cnn.com, Wikipedia, as always, the-lion-up.com, and Cave 
Haven.com. It's not the one I was thinking of. No, the movie? Mm-mm. Mm. Man, that's... That is unfortunate. And if you do Google and uh, I mean, there's so many different articles and Reddit threads and, and just everything um, that uh, pictures and all sorts of stuff. It's it's terrible. Absolutely mm-hmm. terrible. Hmm. And it's just unfortunate because like, I mean, when even when you're like hiking and stuff like that, there's always the op- there's always that chance that you potentially go down the wrong path or this or that. But when you're doing this and it's got to be hard to know Southeast, Southwest, these guys are professionals or hobbyists. They should, you know, I'm, I'm assuming they, they know their way around a little bit better, but man, just one wrong turn in a very dark cave inches and you just get stuck. And, and I'm sure there's been probably several times where, you know what I mean? They, that he's been doing this and been like, am I stuck? No, no, I'm, I'm still good. I'm mm-hmm. still good, man. It's terrible. <laughs> Terrible, terrible. So not for the claustrophobic, not for the claustrophobic at all. But uh, either way, I think this is the first one that we've done in the state of Utah. So um, again, make sure you guys check out uh, yourtown.com. We have a map right on the homepage of a little bit of a pin for every single location story that we do. So, and as always, if you guys have a topic, something that you want us to discuss, something that you want us to kind of really dig into please let us know. And I'm super excited. We might be even working in an upcoming couple of episodes with the county where we live. A historian has kind of told us that there's some really crazy stuff and that, uh, that she's going to work with potentially Zach and come up with some episodes. And I'm super excited about that. So again, thanks to everybody that took some time to, uh, to, to listen or watch this. We greatly appreciate it. You got anything else, Meg? No, that one was interesting. Very interesting. I could see where, he, uh, that could, that could leave a bit, little bit of anxiety, but I don't, I'm not exactly sure why. Cause I'm pretty sure Zach, I mean, he's not the littlest of guys, he's not a big guy by any means, but he's not, he's not hitting up many caves. I don't think. So I'm not sure that why that gave me anxiety. But on a 30 inch hole. Maybe he spends a lot of time in, uh, in caves. We just don't know about it. I do want to see Utah though. Okay. Well, let's make it happen. Tyson, if you're listening to this, you're bringing us to Utah. Or we're bringing ourselves either way, but uh, we're going to Utah. We're not going to this cave, which we can't go in anyways, which is cool. But I'd like to camp there. At, at the cave site or just in Utah? <laughs> in Utah. Okay, cool. We're going to go camping in Utah. <laughs> um, so Tyson, get some stuff. Get the tents ready. We're coming out at some point. Not now, because it still gets pretty cold over there. But <laughs> either way, we can't thank you guys enough. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Ortom Podcast. That's all we got. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Quad Pro Quo. Right now, you are probably thinking to yourself, oh, great, another movie podcast. Well, dear listener, you would be right. But throw in a couple of marriages, decades-long friendships, and a shared property line, and you have just another movie podcast with a shitload of drama. Inspired by the iconic quid pro quo scene in Silence of the Lambs, each week one of us will pick a movie. It could be a childhood favorite, 
a classic film noir, an Academy Award winner, or a complete dumpster fire that brings joy to that person's heart. The selector's objective? To get us to love, or at the very least, not hate their pick. Will our marriages, our friendships, and our neighborhood survive? Find out each Thursday on Quad Pro Quo. This is Take on the World with Johnny and Mike. And, you know, people always ask me, hey, you got a podcast? What's it about? Uh, I don't know. You ever want to uh, cut your fingers off or learn about a sharp knife? <laughs> we could tell you that. <laughs> How about uh, murder mysteries or uh, hauntings or any kind of fringe subject? Anything you could think of. We take on everything because we take on the world. Now you go take on the world.